What okay, yeah, where, where'd you start? <laughs> All right. Yeah, you see, you can't trick us. We, we've listened to your podcast, <laughs> and everybody seems to ask that question like, oh, have we started yet? And uh, the answer usually is, well, yes, we've been recording for the last couple of minutes. And, and um, though, you know, at least I'm easily fooled, uh, we're not going <laughs> to fall for it this time. <laughs> well, you know, the, the secret is you want to get started right away. I mean, that's good. Because you don't want to have the conversation that you're going to have before you record it, which okay. which always cool. happens is you have the whole conversation and then you're like, okay, now let's record it. And then the next time you don't have the same conversation because you think, well, we just talked about that. So it's a, uh, you could call it trickery. Oh, sure. I'll allow that. You could call it um, technique. That sounds better. It's still trickery, but ultimately it just gets, it, it comes for a better, a better story. And you guys okay, have a so, good you have a good story to tell. I'm curious. Okay, so I'll, we'll just kind of refer to it as nefarious tactics, <laughs> which is also a nice way to say trickery. Okay. Greetings, fellow citizens. Hi, everybody. It's the Pre-Accident Investigation Podcast. I am your host and driver of the Winnebago, Todd Conklin, and we're going to do it again. I'm pretty excited, actually, about this one, just for, well, a ton of reasons. Uh, some will become self-evident as we progress through the pod conversation, and some just because um, I really like talking to people who are out there changing the world and really changing their organization and just improving it daily, engagement's better, people are happier, events are lower. I mean, all, all the sort of secret indicators that we t that we don't want to talk about. If you monitored them, they're moving, they're vectoring towards improvement. And that's always a fun conversation because they've got lots to share with us, lots of things that they've done that's cool, lots of things that they've done that's not as cool. Did that, was that grammatical? It feels like that wasn't grammatically correct. Eh, eh, I'll go back and listen and. You know, if it isn't, I'll take it out or something. I don't know. We'll do something. But that's today's podcast, and I'll talk about that more. But just know that we'll have Chris McCullough and Reg Sopka on the podcast from PCL Industries. So Canadians' finest, Canadians' best, maple syrup sounding. You'll hear the way they say process, 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 process. It just depends, right? That's coming up. Other than that, um, man, in the United States, it is crazy right now. Because we're right at the cusp, is that the right word? Cusp of uh, this big election for the year 2020, which I don't know how you feel about the year 2020, but uh, near as I could tell, checking all data, it's uh, it sucked. The year 2020 sucks. But that's neither here nor there. What's interesting is the amount of just raw nerves and edginess which I'm sure is exacerbated, that's a fancy word, is amplified by the fact that there's just, there's just been eight and a half months or so of just, just raw stress, just fatiguing, nonstop, chronic long-term uncertainty. And we're not that good at that, generally speaking, as human beings. That's not our best thing. We like certainty. We prefer stability. As a, as a species, I think. I'm not speaking for everyone in the species, but a lot of us prefer stability. You know, we like to 
make a plan and have things go the way they're supposed to go. Yeah, these are all things we could talk about in great detail later. It's um, it's just it's important to check in on one another. It's important to sort of as uh, as the guys are all saying around the whole community, pay it forward. Make sure not only you're doing okay, but the people you work with and the people you hang out with are doing okay. And creating reciprocity, building relationships as a tactic to understand and manage uncertainty is a really good idea. I mean, if you haven't thought about it, it, you should. I'm guessing most of you have thought about it and have really reached out in many ways to many different people. And you should be. That's, that's That's a really good part of it. And hunt for things that are that are or funny, you know, that, that are entertaining because we need to build, we need a little bit of a, of funniness to kind of break up the, the chronic stress part, but don't confuse pleasure and happiness, which I just learned when Martha Acosta came over for dinner, uh, socially distanced dinner outside six feet apart with a heater. Um, she was talking about this notion of confusing pleasure with happiness. And, th- and that's actually, I've thought about that about, I'll probably talk about that more as we progress through because you can be happy in all sorts of situations. And if you want proof of that, get a mirror because look at where you are now and look at how the world has changed and look at how different it is and how we're getting used to the difference and we're building skills and competencies around handling uncertainty. And that is a pretty important part of the conversation that we must have with one another. So there you go. There, that's, there's that. And, and that's that. And, and that happened. And there we are. And then New Mexico, God love this state. And I do deeply. We got a big old snowstorm. So I'm sitting here in the snow. I'm not, I mean, I'm, I'm snow adjacent. I'm not in snow. But it, it's uh, we got a lot of snow, and it's kind of early to get this much snow. But the water is welcome, not only in New Mexico, but also in Colorado and California. Any place that's on fire, um, snow is really uh, incredibly impactful as a fire prevention, fire management tool. Because this snow we got has a lot of water in it. It's heavy, and it just lays on the ground and soaks in, which is kind of what you want. So, see, that's good. But I'm not sure I'm ready for winter. But I'm only not ready for winter because we lose our ability to socially distance outside. Although, that said, we got jackets and stuff. I mean, I got plenty of uh, PPE, as it were, for the winter. Lots of fleecy things that I can zip up heavily in a hat. I always pretty much have a hat. And so that's going as well. Other than that, um, I, I'm not stalling for time. There's just a lot to talk about. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's an interesting world. I've been doing a lot of fundamentals workshops online and a lot of like senior level workshops around resilience and bouncing forward. Um, and that's been something that I never thought I would get used to. Like it's, it's interesting to stare at a green light and have a moment sort of a artificial eye contact kind of, but it's been, it's, I'm surprised at how, effective they've been they've been pretty good it's a really good way if you think about it and rework your program it's a pretty good way to deliver information you just can't go as long and you have to ask much more directed questions and then i've been given time in between so where once i would have like a six hour fundamentals class or seven hour fundamentals workshop something like that 
Now it's three hour and three quarters, and there's some homework in between. And it's been, you got to try it. I mean, it's been really pretty successful, and it works pretty well. And so that's going as well. That leads me right into the podcast because I I really am excited about playing this podcast for you. These guys are remarkable. So, So Red Sopka and Chris McCullough have been on this journey towards revitalizing the safety in their organization for a while. They're going to talk a little bit about their organization. It's, it's a really big um, construction company, and they do lots of work with lots of people in high-risk environments with all sorts of variability. They meet every test that, that we ought to meet. But it's been interesting because they've been on this journey long enough now that they have a certain level of comfort around what's happening and how it's happening and how they can identify places where they know improvement is taking place by listening carefully to the language that's being spoken at the worksite and watching how leaders are leading. And that's really what this podcast encompasses. It's a great little podcast. So let's, uh, let's join Reg and Chris in continuing the conversation that started at the beginning of this podcast. Cause you know, I do always turn the microphones on immediately, but they were on to me. I was totally busted. And so let's pick up where that conversation Heads off and see what you think about this. Listen carefully. This is a great podcast to play for your boss as well. So just think it over. Here we go. Here is uh, Reg, Chris, and myself in a deep 20-minute conversation. So so basically, you would like to know about uh, um, how is the moped ride going? Did you, uh, did you see that? I quoted that. Yes. Yeah, I saw that. Yes. Yeah, the moped, you're driving them, riding the moped you knew in that, public. So, you knew that was coming, uh, right? How goes I mean, you, the uh, ride of the moped. You knew as soon uh, as that was spoken in that meeting that that went to a post-it note and went to the top of my list of things. Because that is, that is one of the more clever images I've heard in a long time. <laughs> yes. Well, it was, uh, it's, it suited how we had to bring this out, right? Uh, yeah. It was, uh, we were... We had to do this, you know, this has been a, for us, the whole HP thing has been a five or almost six year journey to the point we are now, which, you know, we feel like we're, we're, we're getting there, but we're still probably not as far as we thought we'd be five years ago, but mm-hmm. it's taken a lot of, uh, a lot of patience and I guess a lot of understanding and we've been, we've had a supportive management team. Yes. Uh, you know, our the frozen middle, as we call it, I think as everybody calls it, as we roll it out and try to bring people along their different places on the curve, it's, it's certainly, uh, yeah, yeah, it was, it's, it's a fitting term. Yeah, I, I keep thinking of what Bob Edwards talked about uh, on one of his videos where he talked about some people get this like a light switch. It just clicks on, but other people are like a dimmer switch, and it takes a little while to kind of like turn up the dimmer switch for the lights to come on. And I think for some of us in this organization, it was a light switch, switch, and probably you know a few breaker panels going off at the same time, uh, giving us all the the lights and the aha moment. Uh, and it wasn't like that for a lot of other folks. Uh, probably it started for us probably six, seven years ago. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, much like, uh, you know, Brenton Sutton's, uh, adventure with the event learnings team book. Uh, I think it also started for you, Reg in uh, Denver. Yeah. So we had, um, we had a bad run of some events in our company 
and um, you know we kind of it, it left us looking for what else is there. Um, you know, our company has a very strong traditional safety management system, and it had been performing, you know, well, and and still does in some aspects. It uh, it was just, you know, what what's different? So it was it was towards the end of 2014, and there was a ASSE at the time symposium. I think it was called Energizer SMS. I think that's what it was called. I should, I mean, and I, uh, I went to, uh, I flew down to Denver to, to spend a couple of days because the, 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 uh, the description looked pretty intriguing and it was there that I got introduced to a whole bunch of different concepts that were new to me. Um, you know, I remember, uh, is it, uh, you know, seeing, uh, uh Jim Howe and, uh, Dave Walleen speak, and I remember they were they were bringing up concepts, and there was another gentleman. Oh, I can see his face, but I can't remember his name. And they they were started talking this whole thing of SIF and human performance. And I remember uh, a slide with your pre-accident investigations book, and I'm like, okay, I got to read this. And that's kind of what really started. It was a different way of looking at things, on focusing on you know the serious activities and critical steps. And and then just understanding the whole how does work get done versus how we think it's done. Because like most industries and most people, we thought that, you know, we, we have procedures and if people follow these, they'll be safe. And then we realized as we, you know, we couldn't proceduralize, proceduralize ourselves into a corner uh, because we didn't have, there wasn't enough, uh, we could never write in the variability. So just that concept of blue line, black line really resonated with, with me. And, you know, I, I came back from Denver and shared it with the group. Yeah, he came back them. vibrating yeah. and it was, <laughs> it was like, once he kind of got off the ceiling, uh, he explained it to uh, a, a few of us back here and it, it kind of like lit a fire with a lot of us. And uh, then it was almost uh, competitive uh, human performance safety reading. Uh, it was, <laughs> Uh, you know, who could find the, uh, you know, the, the long lost Sidney Decker article or what other book do we have? And, you know, finding different versions of it. And then, you know, holy smokes, this costs a lot on Amazon. Uh, so that was the ne next phase of our journey is, you know, just, you know, learning. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of go back to that light bulb moment where it was clicked on and we were all kind of charged up and probably driving uh, a lot of other people crazy and probably to a lot degree are each other crazy. Yeah. What's changed in your company since this? I mean, that that's a really interesting part. And you probably, you guys, you should probably introduce yourselves too. That would actually, that always makes for a better. Uh, <laughs> you can't just put Todd's guest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I can see you, so I know, but. <laughs> um, I'll start. So my name is uh, Reg Sopka. I'm the, uh, Regional Health and Safety Manager for the Industrial Group of Companies with uh, PCL Constructors. And I'm Chris McCullough. I'm District HSC Manager for PCL Industrial. Yeah. Perfect. For, for those of us, for those of you who don't know what PCL is, so PCL is uh, is a, the largest uh, Canadian-based construction company in, uh, well, in, in uh, I guess in Canada. And we're also the largest Canadian company. Yeah, there you yes, go. That yes, sounds yeah, good. That's a good plug for our company right there. Yeah. Um, and we're based we have offices all throughout North America, uh, including Hawaii, and we have some operations in Australia as well. So we're, uh, you know, we're the, the largest Canadian based construction company with we do all types of sectors, commercial, residential, 
uh, industrial, light industrial. We're in, you know, and we represent the heavy industrial side. So we're uh, we're familiar with uh, refineries, mining, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Power generation. Power generation. That's where we live. Um, and where are we now? Or how? In our journey? Yeah. What, what the question, sorry, Todd, was. That's it. That's, uh, I, guess you, you hit I guess the moped is coming out of the garage. <laughs> you're, you're riding the moped in public. But yes. you've been riding the moped in public a while. I mean, it's, it's, it's not a necessarily a new novel idea for you. A lot of people, it's new. But what's changed? I mean, are you better now? Are you happier now? Are your workers more engaged? Or is leadership more involved? What's what's changed? Uh, yes, yes, and yes. Um, I think, you know, we, you know, a couple of the big first wins were when we'd have a, a review of, you know, particularly an incident or an event or a problem, you know, management stopped, they stopped before they reacted, which to me was, uh, was a big, a big win, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then, you know, it got to be, uh, you know, you got to meet some of the folks there a few weeks ago, Todd, but, uh, you know, one in particular would say, well, wait a minute, they made us read that book. How can we frame it in that book? Because we made them all read your uh, pre-accident ah. investigation, the first book. We made them read that as uh, an introduction. And, you know, that started out with, uh, what can we do to help you guys? And so we said, well, you can read this book. <laughs> and uh, they all did. So, uh, you know, it just changed their frame of thinking, and uh, which, which was good because that, that trickles through the organization. And Well, when you start asking different questions, you start getting different answers. Fair enough. And uh, we, we started ourselves the challenge to start asking different questions and and, you know, asking the how questions rather than the why questions. And, you know, for for many years, uh, we had uh, proponents of the five whys and driving why down. So driving why down would uh, not only lead to blame, but it would actually lead to uh, uh, you know, the specificity of blame rather than actually learning anything about the work itself. Yeah. We we took a real we've had a real good shift here about um, you know the workers are the ones the frontline are the ones with the expertise mm-hmm. and how do we let them how do we get them engaged we really tried to put a big focus on employee engagement uh, you know their ideas they know how the work is done and, and let it let it go from there so you know um, we didn't you know like like a lot of companies and you know you shared that curve. You know, compliance meant, you know, blind faith, which meant wrong and you're you're torched mm-hmm. or, you know, you don't get to work here anymore because you did something, quote unquote, wrong. We've, we've stopped that and we started to look at, you know, the the how did this happen? What happened? Uh, and, and it's really changed our focus. I, I wouldn't say we're 100 percent there and I wouldn't say that we have, we have, we have a ways to go. And uh, I, you know, I was involved in an incident review uh, recently where. Uh, the word complacency was thrown around, uh, you know, like nickels in a fountain. And it was a lot about workers' complacency. And uh, instead of actually looking at complacency as a side effect of uh, relatively consistent work, we're looking at complacency as a uh, fairly reliable hazard or risk that we need to control. Um, it was seen as the end of the understanding of the incident rather than the beginning of understanding of the work. Uh, so um, it was a little frustrating. I think Reg was on that call as well, but it uh, it led to a lot of good conversation there. How's COVID-19 impacted you guys? 
<laughs> it's a it's an important question, right? It's an important question. Well, I think uh, where where we are here in Alberta, Canada, with uh, we are hitting uh, record highs uh, recently in the last uh, last few weeks. It's going back up. Uh, I don't necessarily have the probably most accurate numbers at the top of my head. Um, sorry, Todd, I didn't prepare that. No, that, well. that's fine. I'm more I'm more interested in. So one thing I've noticed is that where once we really hammered efficiency, better, faster, cheaper, now at least at the senior level, the the notion of capacity and resilience has entered their conversation in a big way because of the pandemic. They they're now looking at resiliency in a system. Do you see that? Yes. Yeah. Interesting. I'll, I'll share a, a bit of a conversation we had today is, uh, you know, we've been doing temperature screening of some type on, on, you know, most of our projects across our system, you know, where we can. And uh, some, some, there's been some recent uh, findings by one of our clients where they've decided to stop it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've got various reasons. They're all compelling but our, uh, you know, our senior leaders said, no, you know what, we're not going to because it gives people and it gives us the ability to catch, you know, at one more point, we might be able to stop somebody who may be positive or at least get them somebody to think twice about coming in just because they know they're going to get their temperature screened. And, you know, we've done a screening questionnaire and all that, but it was just interesting. We weren't we're not willing to move anything because you're right, we want that capacity and we want the resilience that in case something does happen, we want it there. So that's an interesting, uh, interesting point. What have you guys learned? What, what would you not do? What would you advise people to do? What have you learned so far along your journey? Well, we're supposed to learn, <laughs> <laughs> learn and improve. Um, I would probably say one of the main things we kind of learned is uh, you can always do communication better. Uh, you know, uh, we're looking at uh, COVID is something that forces a lot of organizations to go into a uh, into a top down uh, structure because we're looking at what are the policies, what are the procedures we're going to put into place, what are we going to have um, as our infrastructure to keep people safe and for the screening, and a lot of it kind of um, has that communication cascade, and uh, we've had some uh, communication. That has been very successful because we've controlled the points of uh, communication, that it only goes out through a certain um, official uh, venue or from a special spokesperson or from some one person. Um, uh, When we have other information that doesn't kind of follow that, we we notice, uh, I guess, some cracks. Uh, That's one thing that just kind of popped to the top of my head. That's a really interesting observation. And, and it's pretty important. What do you guys see for the future? What, 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 are you, what are you interested? What direction are you heading? How, how far out is your strategy? I mean, what do you see next? What's related to COVID? To COVID or to, to really overall operations. Because, and you guys correct me because I've been wrong a lot on stuff. But I'm, I'm seeing at least for the next couple of years that there's really not a lot of difference between the response to the pandemic and operations. It's all going to be kind of the same for a while yeah it's it's going to be it's uh i think what's kind of next is looking at i think overall for us is continuing down this uh down the path 
know, you know, incorporating more and more of our human performance uh, philosophy, practices, tools within our HSC program and within our operations. Uh, and I think that uh, COVID just kind of provides um, ongoing examples of how to do it or what not to do. Well, it, it, it's been a, it's been a really interesting study because you know the 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 uh, the line people will be as safe as they need to be. I mean, the mask wearing and getting mm. people to follow different protocols has been has been a huge challenge and. You know, at first it felt extremely overwhelming. You know, we, we were early adopters of, of face covering policy. I think it goes back to April 7th for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we kind of read the, the tea leaves and saw that, you know, this is probably going to become a thing. So we're going to make it mandatory. Uh, you know, we had some, some significant pushback depending on you know, geographical or, or labor um, issues across our organization. You know, but so we had to continue to to be to hold firm and strong and and say this is this is what we're going to do. We don't, you know, we want to stop the spread. It's about it's about you know keeping people safe, not on our job sites, but the community and and whatnot. And I think uh, you know that that really paid dividends because I think now that we're we're six months into that face covering, it's it's pretty normal here. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's 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 pretty good across all our jobs. But I think uh, you know we're just trying to. Trying to that, that was a good uh, a good reminder of you know what people will do and what they won't do and I think we're still seeing it out in the public that there's still a, a large amount of people that don't wear masks or don't don't want to yeah and we, we saw it as you know of course uh, uh, keeping our workers safe keeping each other safe within the workplace and on our work sites uh, but also as a portion of it is that we're also we want to be responsible citizens uh, it, it's also where the community where we live as well. And, uh, you know, we've worn a lot more PPE for much lower risk. <laughs> what a great thing. I mean, what a, actually, that's a brilliant observation. Thank you. I think we yeah. all needed to hear you say that, Chris. That was, uh, I don't know where that came from, but keep it up, brother. That was good. Okay. So let me okay. ask, well, let, let me ask this question. Cause I think this question is the one, this is just for me. I'm dying to ask this question as you move forward into this new view as you move move forward really changing the way the company defines and understands operational reliability was it worth the embarrassment of riding the moped in public yes yeah absolutely yeah without hesitation i think i think the thing that we that we've been able to you know you know we moved away from only focusing on safety to focusing on our overall operation and we've made it clear that, you know, we're not just, this is not just improving, or we're not just trying to improve our safety performance, we're trying to improve the performance of the organization. And that really resonated with the senior leaders. They, uh, not that they only, you know, not that they, if we would have said it's only going to improve safety, they wouldn't have bought it either. But it, you know, they would have. It's just that this is, it's going to teach our whole organization how to look at things differently. And, and uh, you know, that that's what excites me as a safety professional is, is operating better. Well, that safety can't fix safety. Yeah. We're, we figured that out a few years ago. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, we're you maybe know. late to the party. Some of the people on the call might, or some of the people listening might roll their eyes, but it's, uh, yeah, we figured that out a few years ago and, and, you know, our man, our senior leadership believed that and agreed with us and, and they're, they're excited too. Mm-hmm. 
You won't fix safety by fixing safety. We know that. But it's really quite refreshing and beautiful to hear Reg and Chris talk about that. And so that is the conversation. That's the pod, except that something happened. As always, something happened. I thanked them for their time. It was really remarkable. It really it was good. I liked how the COVID thing was not the dominant force, but it kind of wove its way throughout the conversation because that's, I mean, that's a big part of what we do right now. And so that was great. And I thought, well, this is a good little podcast. We're good to go. This will be fine. And then I, I thanked them, and then they started talking. Holy cow, did they talk. And they had really important, great things to say. And they actually talked about what they were excited about. And so I decided we'll just keep the little recording thing running. And that will be part two. And so next week, join in when Reg and Chris talk really quite amazingly about how they used some of these new ideas to not only engage workers and build really effective superintendents and supervisors in the field, but also to really use the workers that help managing work in a safe way. This kind of starting safe, the go, no go philosophy that you're hearing a lot said, um, especially in kind of pre jobs. And so that's coming up. That is next week's podcast. So hold on to your hats because it actually even gets better. Uh, it really does get, you're going to like it. It's, it's great. That was a great conversation today though, because that helped me a lot and it kind of gave me a little life, and that's good. I, we need a little pump in the uh, jugular. I almost said jugs, which would have been completely inappropriate at every single level. But I caught it and said jugular there towards the end. So until then, learn something new every single day. Have as much fun as you possibly can. Be kind to each other. That seems really important. And for goodness sakes, be safe.